Welcome to another episode of Demolition Now, the official podcast of the National Demolition Association. Our goal with this podcast is to provide you with a mixture of content and analysis of the issues impacting the demolition industry, along with engaging interviews of industry leaders, experts, and analysts that will provide unique perspectives on the industry today. If you have suggestions for topics for future episodes, please email them to me at kmckenney at demolitionassociation.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Demolition Now through iTunes or Stitcher, available in the Google Play Store. You can also listen to us online through the NDA website. Welcome to Demolition Now. In this episode, we are joined by Simone Bruni, Principal Demo Diva, as we discuss how she started in the industry, workforce development, and how she has leveraged her relationships and her community and her membership in NDA to the benefit of her company and the industry. As a woman-owned company, she imparts words of wisdom, not just for aspiring young women considering a career in demolition, but to all up-and-coming professionals. Next, we hear from past NDA scholarship recipient, Joseph Hampel, as he discusses what his NDA scholarship has meant to him and his career. Starting this year, scholarships are open to member companies and all interested students. Applications will open this fall. Finally, we hear from NDA's Director of Government Affairs, Kevin McKinney, as he discusses progress on proposed infrastructure legislation. Stay tuned. Welcome back, listeners. We are here with uh, Simone Bruni with Demo Diva. Simone has been a past member of the NDA and just recently rejoined um, and has been involved on the committees and in our Foundation's Demolition Training Series. Uh, Simone has a very unique story to demolition and um, it's pretty instructive in terms of her company, her company culture, what she's done to get started in the business, um, and then how she's recruited folks and works within her community. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time with Simone and talk to her about her company, company culture, workforce development, and then of course, what she's gained from her membership in the NDA. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Simone Bruni with Demo Diva. So Simone, can you, uh, how did you get started in the industry? What's your what's your story? Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the hot, humid world of New Orleans. If you were down here, <laughs> <laughs> if you were here, you'd be sweating it out. We are um, waterlogged for the record amount of rainfall here in the southeast of the United States. Meanwhile, the West is, you know, hot and droughty. So. I uh, got started, speaking of hot, wet, and humid, <laughs> in Hurricane Katrina, which waterlogged us for uh, ultimately like two to five years. But um, I was a I was in the hospital. I was in tourism. I was in the hospitality tourism industry for ten years out of college, and flooded in Katrina, um, laid off and scrambling for an income. I had been offered to move to New York City and go work for a safari company, number one safari company in the, in the, in the world for that matter. And at the time, I just could not do it. And I saw demolition was really the first 
expression of hope. I mean, it was equipment. It was the sounds of clanging chains and low boys and dropping and grinding gears. And I was literally an observant on sidewalks and just watching as the National Guard came through and with their heavy equipment and watching as America at its absolute all-time best came to our rescue, firemen, utility trucks, bobcats, which I didn't even know was called really a skid steer. Um, I mean, it was just equipment from all over our, our nation that came to us. And I started 10 months after the storm. Um, there was demolition companies really already full throttle doing demolition, clearing ha flooded houses, flooded buildings. And uh, I was simply a bystander. And it was watching my neighbors taking, getting taken advantage of, watching the price gouging, watching, you know, I, I mean, yes, they were helping. And yet in the midst of all of them were the carpetbaggers. And I was like, this is so unfair. What can I do? And, um, you know, I jumped in and I knew how to brand. I knew how to be, I knew how to tell a story. And so I got started with uh, just $250, which is the fun part of the, this is the best part of the story. And after that, start the headaches. <laughs> so um, basically the story is that I bought a $30 box of business cards, a pair of magnets for my car at $50 and the rest were in yard signs. And as I had said, there was demolition 10 months already. I mean, some of the biggest names in demolition were just tying up all these great contracts and nice sandy, you know, yielding these nice sandy lots all over the city. But they didn't know how to capture the marketing. Um, they weren't staking out their name. And so um, with the difference in that $250, I went and had yard signs made. And I stuck them out on lots, demol demolished nice sandy lots. I asked permission of the homeowners and the neighbors. And they said, sure, you know, so-and-so has evacuated to Florida. They're not coming back for a year. So I stuck my sign out, 100 signs on 100 sandy lots in a matter of a week. And bada-bing, bada-boom, the Demo Diva was born. It looked like I did 100 demolitions and I owned no equipment. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> so, I, I mean, this, you know, it's like the quintessential, you know, American story, like, you know, you see a need and you come in, you fill that need. And um, it's such a great story. I mean, you know, to top it off, I mean, Demo Diva in demolition circles, you know, we know about your hot pink dumpsters. We know, we yeah. know a, lot about, some, a lot of the creative stuff that you're doing out there, but um, you know, in an industry that's traditionally been dominated by males, you know, you, um, you've sort of been a pioneer in your market and indeed, you know, nationally. So we do have quite a few uh, women in demolition that are part of the association. And um, some of them might be listening to this podcast. We also have student members, um, women student members that also participate in NDA. What, you know, what would you say to an aspiring woman that might be listening right now about a career in demolition? I would 
highly encourage this. Um, this has been a wonderful shift in a career path. With all the stress that comes with it, there's a greater ROI of satisfaction because it's a platform in your community. Uh, you know, demolition, as we're seeing right now in Florida on, on the Miami condo, I mean, who is the first person that's called in a disaster? It's the heavy equipment operator. It's the cranes. It's the excavators. It's the bobcats. Whether it's a hurricane, whether it's 9-11, I mean, what, whatever it is, it's so you are on the front line, whether it's a disaster and whether it's progress. I mean, the highest, best use of land is the first call prior to the bank, to, you know, funding the development is going to be the jump to the demolition company to scrub the land. So, I mean, I see the progress in my community immediately. Um, I'm touching and feeling what part of the city is, uh, is developing, where, where's the money flowing. So um, to be involved in the community as a woman, it gives you a platform. Um, for authority, ultimately for authority, it's a wonderful income. Um, I've enjoyed participating with architects, engineers, um, you know, down to the most basic labor. I mean, you've got, you really straddle all, all, all fields from labor to maybe a uh, white collar, but it also comes with its challenges. I mean, while it has provided a, a wonderful living for me, it is a challenge culturally for a woman in a more male dominated industry. And so I think women need to get creative in how they um, network, how business is done. Business is done with people you know and people you like. And uh, generally in the men, male world or male industry, it's you know, people who you play with, who you have fun with. And considering that I don't fish, hunt, play poker, I mean, play golf, I could develop playing golf. Um, I've had to use creativity in how I do business with um, people. And so I think for a, a woman coming into this, you need to think about, you know, how you, how do you have fun? And what are, what are your advantages to get in front of the business the decision makers. And um, I mean, life isn't all about business. It's really like, tell me, tell me your hobbies, tell me the things you do with your family. And then that's how business, you know, really flows. So for a woman who's considering a field in this, those are some of the, um, the good and the bad that I've, I've learned over the years. And so, you know, um, what are some of the things you've done to form those relationships? You've talked about getting creative a little bit, but, um, you know, I know that you uh, sit on some boards. I, I know that, you know, you, you work with your community college, but um, what are some of the other things, or maybe if you could expand on that a little bit? You know, uh, ultimately, Demo Diva has been organic and authentic. And, and by that means, I am the culture of the business. Um, I'm, I started it. It's, an, it's a reflection and an extension of me. And that is philanthropic work. Um, that's where I find my greatest you know, joy is to be giving back 
And so I've sat on board, I've been on the SPCA board, I've been on my high school board, I've been on Volunteers of America, Salvation Army. Um, you know, there were things. For, so finally, I had to just say, okay, this is, this is taking up too much of my time. I got out into the community a, a lot of a school for special needs kids. So finally, I, I, one year, I just had to take inventory of where I was putting a lot of my focus. And I said, okay, I'm going to rein it in. And I said, it's going to be Jesus, women, and children. That was my, that was my thing. And then I, then I added one more thing, and that was trade schools. So I sit on a, the foundation of a, a local trade school in my community. And trades has now really become my new gospel. I am so passionate about the trades, um, about women going into trades, about anyone going into trades, anyone in, in their latter part of life, someone who's 55 years old and saying, I got to regroup a divorced woman that's saying, I've got to feed my family. I mean, I get excited about trades and the trade school because ultimately that is going to be the engine to turn America around, um, you know, bringing home production and things like that. So that's really where I get fired up and ultimately um, where I'm putting a lot of my philanthropic efforts these days. That's great. So, you know, let's talk about workforce development. Um, in this episode in particular, we're we have an interview with one of our um, past scholarship winners at the NDA. NDA does uh, offer annual scholarships to up and coming students that have an interest in the industry. Um, but you know, you mentioned your relationship in the community and in serving in leadership positions on this you know, vocational technical foundation board. Um, how can other contractors work to recruit the next generation of demolition professionals? You know, We've seen signing day where all these young kids, low income kids in particularly, have a big high school signing day because they're now going off to the University of Georgia, Louisiana State University, and they're going to be playing like tight end on the, you know, what corporate America, what I feel there needs to be a real movement is that we see as corporate America, we go into our local high schools and we start recruiting at a high school level and we make it a really big deal that we are now recruiting straight out of high school into an internship and a high school young person has a signing day bonus, $5,000. They're gonna, they've just won a trade uh, scholarship or a scholarship into their trade school. And now they're gonna be working for you know, demo diva say, um, as an operator on the levees. So something of that sort, that is where I see our future. If, if the private sector really got behind the, their local trade schools for scholarships, for endowments, for internships, I, I totally see that this could be where we, we start pushing that message right in the high school. So when you go into high school as an eighth grader, you already are hearing that message and you're thinking, you know that you saw someone as a senior signing and that corporation came in and had a big banner and made that high school senior feel like he was somebody. Um, 
I've given commencement speeches at some of the local here in Louisiana, some of the trade schools. And I have never been so impressed because the behind the scenes, before they walked the stage, they were in their cap and gown, clapping and chanting, 60K, two years away, 60K, two years away. I mean, where can you graduate and know that you're on, on track to get $60,000 because you've got, you're, you've got groundwork done as a trade. You've been doing your maybe internship as a working internship, paid internship through your trade school and you're promised 60K within two years. I mean, our young people are graduating with $150,000 of debt and going to work at Starbucks. Now that is the biggest American lie. And that's where uh, over, we've become overeducated and underworked and, and that, okay, I'm gonna stop now <laughs> because I can get really excited about it. Um, so that's my, that's where I think they're, needs to be a shift in workforce development. We need to be cultivating the message. We need to be cultivating the schools, establishing relationships, get somebody from your company onto a board or a committee of a local um, trade school, community college. And, you know, and, and of course at the higher level, uh, you know, we need the architects, we need the engineers, get them on board there, make it a big deal that you're, I mean, Ultimately, that's what the big corporations are doing anyway. They're, they, before you even graduate an engineer degree, you've already got a job because they're recruiting you at, at um, job fairs on campus. But I'm talking about, you know, trade schools and workforce development at, a, at that entry level. So you recommended, you know, members get involved with their, their local trade school, their um, have somebody in their company sit on a trade school board. You know, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to sit on your board, um, how you got involved? Yes, um, I was actually, this is, this is almost embarrassing to admit. I was called out to a 40,000 square foot building that was flooded in Hurricane Katrina. It had sat empty for 10 years and I walked the building. They, they sent me the address. I went, I walked the building alone. It was in the exact same state as it was 10 years prior. And so everything was like, you know, ceilings were imploding and just laboratory. I saw laboratories. I saw welder shop. I saw mechanic shop. Uh, and I, I went to an all girls Catholic high school. I never had home ec. I I mean, it's embarrassing to admit, and I'm going to tell you, most of America in my, you know, sphere does not know what a trade school. I was like, what is, what, what? So I called the guy who sent me the lead. I was like, oh, what was this? He goes, it's a community college. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what is that? I, like, I had no idea. Like, I had no idea where you went to go learn, like, plumber's assistant or, you know, drafting. I mean, it, I just never crossed my mind. I went in, I graduated in public relations, another nebulous, you know, non-tangible skill. And so, I mean, it, it fared me well because I learned marketing and branding and I was able to pivot that quickly in a disaster. But, you know, when you need a, like a hardcore trade and life hands you a basket of lemons, you better figure it out quick. So I met with the man, got the job we sat down and he said something to me that like gave me chills. And he said, 
The last time America went to the moon, community colleges were an, at an all-time high. We were pumping out young people in the trades. And he said, America can't even get back to the moon. Now, do we need to go to the moon? No, but look what Elon Musk is doing and, and people like him. I mean, you know, so it really shifted my perspective of the trades and workforce at that time. And that was uh, maybe five, six years ago. And so I've been involved in this local community college. It's called North Shore Technical Community College here in my community. And I I'm very proud of what they're turning out. Let me tell you, there's a total separate note from um, demolition. There is a, gra a, a, a an elderly gentleman named Mr. Weeks. He grew up here on the North shore of uh, Louisiana. And we, we have a lot of canals. And so he was in the riverboat industry and tugboat industry, pushing barges up and down the river. He is now a multi multi-million dollar company out of New Jersey. He's never forgotten his roots. And so he gave us a $250,000 endowment. And he gave us, he funded a simulator that now can navigate, teach young people how to navigate rivers uh, from this, this tugboat simulator on any kind of weather, any kind of uh, river condition, boats coming up, you know, everything. And a young man who graduated from our local high school, he was one of three or four boys in his family. His parents graduated from college. His brothers graduated from college. And he said, I absolutely do not want to go to a four-year university. He won the scholarship. And his first job was in Dubai. So he, he went through the, the two-year college through Mr., on Mr. Week's scholarship. And his first job was shipped off to, to Dubai. So excellent story. We now have a new simulator that um, I'm so excited for demolition. Seven different equipments, bulldozer, excavator. Uh, so now we are now offering at, at my local, uh, this, this college I'm talking about, um, heavy equipment operator. And... We are also talking about getting scholarships. I'm, I'm working with them to get local companies, Demo Diva being one, and um, other equipment, uh, you know, operate, uh, what I'm trying to say, other equipment dealerships locally that are going to participate in scholar a scholarship program for this heavy equipment simulator. That's fantastic. I mean, that, so... If you come to our show in San Diego, you will see uh, um, some simulators there. And I was just going to say, like, this is the perfect opportunity for some of NDA's associate members, our, you know, our suppliers that are part of the organization to connect with their trade schools. Um, I know they have the simulators. They're, they're at our, our shows. Um, this is sort of, um, you know, this would be a great opportunity for them, for the industry, for members to connect with their local trade schools and help make that happen. Um, you know, and then we have NDA's scholarships, you know, that occur annually. I mean, we have uh, many students that apply to go to vocational technical um, schools and, and our members gener generously step up and, and donate to our scholarship fund. And this just seems like such a great nexus here, what you've done. And 
Um, I know that you're also um, slated to, or we're gonna, we're gonna have a panel next year in San Diego, Women in Demolition. Um, so I, I think you're a part of that. And I mean, if yeah. not, yeah, we would love to hear more about this next year in San Diego, but um, this is such a fantastic story. Um, you know, I, I think uh, for the majority of our members that are out there, um, those that I speak to that have good solid recruitment programs have been involved uh, both at the high school and at the vocational technical school. And the fact mm -hmm. that sitting on the board just, you know, um, provides it that much more gas. And, and uh, you know, I bet if we were to take a look at Louisiana and New Orleans, we would see a higher percentage of folks going into the trades because of efforts like this. Um, I know that the, uh, I've worked with the Kellogg Foundation out of DC, who is doing a study, as a matter of fact, for women in trades because uh, of the low income for single women the, that they're really in Louisiana, New Orleans, greater New Orleans in particular. So the Kellogg Foundation has actually put some money towards research to, to show the importance of trades among women. And so I'd love to get some of that data for, um, for us as well to talk about at the, at the, um, at the show. But that would yeah. be fantastic. And if you, you know, if you get a hold of that beforehand and, um, you know, maybe we could do a follow-up segment on the show. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, data that would be fantastic. I know some of our viewers would be really interested in, uh, in hearing what that is. Um, so let me get on to our next question because we've talked a little bit about um, NDA scholarships and um, we also have a training series uh, which is called the Foundations of Demolition Training Series. Um, it, it delves into risk management, estimating, job cost tracking, project management. Um, and I know that you were a member of the NDA for, for quite a while um, and you just recently rejoined. And I think one of the things that um, convinced you to, to rejoin was the Foundations of Demolition Training Series. And I think since then, you've also been a participant on our Marketing and Communications Committee. And we're very thankful for that, given your background. But, um, you know, can you tell us what the benefits to you and your company has been as a result of, of rejoining and taking our classes? And absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I'd like to, at this point, kind of share a little bit of the backstory about what relationships really mean and I'll tell you um when I got started again no one in my family's in construction if this has been like you know the one-armed warrior trying to figure out her way but it, the, when the day came that I, I it was three years after uh I had started Demo Diva that I realized okay I, I need to I'm, I'm going to have skin in the game. I, I'm not going back to hospitality. I'm officially doing this. Like I take it serious. So I selected Volvo equipment. Um, the, the, the word on the street was that the local dealership here, Scott equipment had the best uh, mechanic shop. And I was like, certainly not going to be a mechanic. So I said, I'm going to buy from, I'm going to buy a Volvo. So I went to Volvo uh, bought the equipment, ha have had a fabulous relationship with um, Scott Equipment. And, um, but more than that, when I decided to paint it pink, 
Volvo North America caught wind and they sent Walter and thus began my brand loyalty because of Walter Reeves, who really took me under his wing. I would have had no entrance, as I would say, into the NDA. I would have been a deer in the headlights going, walking those aisles, not knowing a soul. And Walter held my hand for many, many years and, and introduced me into the industry, both nationally and at the World Demolition Summit. So because of him, I, I, had, I had an entrance into the NDA. I fell off you know, the radar for a few years only because I didn't see value. I couldn't see there. I didn't find that I was getting any continuing education. I, you know, I couldn't find the, the conversations um, that I needed to hear. And because I didn't know people, you know, and it was very hard as a woman to just walk up and say, well, let's talk about this because I didn't want to talk about my toys. I don't, I don't have cars and motorcycles. So that's why I fell off. And I have to give credit to, to Tony Denhode, who has now stepped into Walter's role with Volvo and he said come back the foundations is really a great thing I'm doing it just jump in and I have now done it um via zoom and let me tell you it has really rocked my socks um it makes me realize how much I don't know how much I have to aspire to for organization organizationally um I have loved it. I not, unfortunately, I've taken it on Zoom and I even would hope to take it in the same classes again in person. It is so good. Every member needs to be putting their staff into this. Um, I want to get, I was fired up. I got my um, director of operations, Alyssa. She's now joining it. She's doing it. Um, it just makes the, it elevates everyone's sense of commitment to excellence to our industry. And the final thing I'll say is that I've actually, I mean, at first I was like, this is my edge on my competitors. I'm not going to tell them, <laughs> but you know, what good does that do? I actually called, literally called my competitors and it gave me a great reason to talk to them and call them and say, Hey y'all like come to the NDA, consider taking this. And you know what? They kind of, it, they kind of laughed and they're like, okay. Like they thought, wow, you're, you're letting me in on something good, Simone. And so it, you know, when everyone is equal and the standard, the bar is set high, it, it's a win-win for the entire industry. So I've, I've reached out to a bunch of friends and competitors in my, you know, my area. And I've asked them to come to, to not only to the, to the, national show in san diego but to actually jump in on this because it's done wonders for me i've loved it so the nda has been um it's just elevating me and it's what i need is to t take me from a mom and pop demo diva you know small business to help me okay what's the next baby step up what's the next baby step up and that's that's where i'm going with it it's a, it's a fantastic story. I mean, this is why the program, the Foundations Demolition Series was put together. Um, you know, definitely want to give credit where credit is due to our education committee and our board of directors for assembling 
um, this training program. We've now had um, over 50 people get the certificate. We have another few hundred that are in the pipeline taking the courses like you are. Um, NDA is working on a certification right now for the industry. Um, training and education risk management um, you know, is so important. And it's been great to see the progress of our member companies as they've taken this, like estimating, you know, being able to figure out, okay, I can leverage, um, you know, a couple more percentage here while providing, you know, for, for my company, while providing the same level of service and no additional charge, you know, to the customer because I've properly estimated X, Y, and Z, or my job cost tracking is, you know, is much more precise now. Um, so it's been great to see these companies grow. It's been great to see companies such as yourself and you um, participate in the program. And I would just say to members out there, you know, um, it's great you use the term knock your socks off, um, rock your socks, because the certification <laughs> that's coming up and the stuff that we have in the pipeline um, regarding the industry is just going to really take us all to the next level. And I will say it's people like you um, and what you've done um, that help provide a light and a path um, for us as we go forward, because the industry is changing. Um, and you know, you are one of the leaders in that change. And so it's oh, so thank great you, to Jeff. have you. It is so great to have you as part of the organization. And I'm so glad you're sharing your expertise in marketing and communications with us. And um, I just want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. And um, we'll definitely have you back once you get that information back from the Kellogg Foundation. So any parting words for our members or Anything else you'd like to pontificate on? Before? Yeah, I, I would say this. You know, I've been in business now 15 years. Um, it's been, you know, one of the things I have always said is that um, over the last 15 years, I, you know, the business works for me. I do not work for the business. I think Demo Diva and the branding always made me be perceived that I was bigger than what I was. And um, now that's, that's wonderful to a, an extent, but there's a level of maturity that I feel has come now at the 15 mile marker, 15 year mile marker. Um, that is also now a reevaluation of my future. And it's, you know, where do I want to go with this business and what's the legacy that I want to leave? And I finally said, you know, it's a commitment to not just, it's not just a commitment to me or, you know, so-called retirement. It's a commitment to all the employees that have, I've have dedicated themselves to, to the years with Demo Diva. And unless I commit to, focusing on the education, focusing on what makes a standard of excellence in a small business, then you really don't have a future. And I realized I need the NDA so much more than, of course, y'all need my membership. Um, this is when you realize your strength is in diversity. And the diversity is not just, of course, you know, within your employee staff, it's, it's the diversity 
of all types of people within the NDA. Um, you know, I hear about, um, you know, a high reach getting delivered because uh, I'll see it on Instagram and I'll see, you know, so-and-so got a high reach and so-and-so got a pulverizer. And there's a twinge of jealousy in me to say, okay, do you need one? Do you want one? What is that type of job that you want to go for? And so it's really iron sharpens iron. And that is what I have felt. I've been so reinvigorated. I think that, you know, there's always entrepreneur fatigue at some point, small business owner fatigue. And I've gotten fired up again um, through just this. I mean, I think I got reengaged with y'all only within the last, last six to eight months. And it's, it's been exactly the, the shot in the arm that I needed. <laughs> so those are my parting words. I'm super excited to be involved with you guys again. I see the ROI and the value for my life, and my business. And um, I highly encourage not just um, other women. You know, I'm encouraging that small business owner because I am a small business. Um, I encourage, you know, don't get, don't get negative. Don't get bogged down in the minutia. Find a friend, just come to the, to one of the meetings, come to one of the trade shows and just kind of linger and get encouraged because, you know, find a buddy system <laughs> and get encouraged again, because it's, this is what makes America great. It's small businesses committed to our community. And that's my parting words. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Simone. I mean, iron sharpens iron. What a great yes. quote. What awesome. a great way to end this this interview. And we will have you back. And best to you. And Thanks, Jeff. Look forward to Thanks. hearing more about you. And yes, I'll see you in October at the Absolutely. World Evolution Summit. Yep. Super excited about that one. And so, all right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hello, Demolition Now listeners. I'm Alexa Schlosser, editor of NDA's bi-monthly print publication, Demolition Magazine. And today I'm speaking with former NDA scholarship recipient, Joseph Hampel. NDA is proud to present a number of different scholarships to young professionals. These scholarship opportunities are awarded to an immediate family member of an owner or employee of a, or a member of an NDA company to provide support in the advancement of their career through continuing education opportunities. So Joseph, how's it going? Doing all right. How about you? Good. Want to hear a little bit about uh, your scholarship? Which uh, which did you receive, and and when did you get it? So I was a recipient of the National Demolition Association scholarship. Um, I was the recipient in um, at, uh, the 2019 period. So I uh, I was at the National Demolition um, Expo in 2020, and that's when I. Um, was able to receive it and, and it was a great, great opportunity. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, that was awesome. You got in right before pandemic started too. So you got to go to the latest one. Absolutely. Um, what, and what school did you go to and, and what did you study? 
I'm actually still enrolled. Uh, this is I'm I'm going into my final year. I'm with the University of Southern Mississippi. Uh, they have a construction engineering technology program, um, which I've been very very pleased to participate. Um, at the same time, I'm very pleased to get be getting to the finish line. Oh, that's awesome. When do you when do you graduate? I graduate in May of 2022. Yeah, less than a year. Yep, almost there. And uh, so where, where do you currently work? Because I understand you're, you're kind of you're working now uh, and what's, what's your role? Uh, that's correct. So I work for a uh, federal demolition contractor called ARS Alley Remediation. And my role uh, is a project manager currently. Awesome. Tell, can you tell me a little bit about what, like, what you do and what you like about uh, what you're currently doing? Um, so we're, we work uh, primarily with federal customers, so DOE, uh, DOD, um, demolition of facilities. Uh, often the ones that I'm working with, they don't, they just want to get them, you know, kind of off their books, um, just aren't really using them anymore, want to have, you know, a patch of grass there or, you know, a parking lot or whatever. So um, that's what we accomplish for them. Often the facilities are relatively old, so there is the concern of um, environmental hazards, which we, um, you know, go through a process of environmental surveying um, and abatement, you know, assuming that there is something to, to abate, um, making sure everything is environmentally friendly uh, before we demolish. Um, and also, uh, as we demolish, we also go through um, the process of identifying uh, places where we can recycle. Um, so, you know, we're often recycling concrete, scrap metal, um, things like that. And, uh, and it's been a, a great pleasure being in this industry, you know, seeing this building that you, you know, it's, it's part of your, your contract to deal with. And, um, then when you're, when you're finished, it's gone and there's just an empty piece of land there. And it's, it's pretty cool to get to that point. And, uh, I know that that was something that you accomplished. That's awesome. What what impact would you say that receiving the NDA scholarship has had on you in your early start to your career? Uh, well, for my immediate financial future, it it paid for about a quarter of my my program's tuition. Um, so you know that's that's a really heavy uh, um, consideration that I thought of immediately. Um, but concretely, it paid for uh, courses in financial accounting, project controls. Um, I took a course um, introducing building information modeling, uh, construction planning and scheduling, uh, especially uh, business and construction business law courses that I took. Um, and those are all things that I took uh, throughout, you know, the year um, that I received the award. So that scholarship paid for those classes. And I immediately, you know, as soon as I finished them, they had equipped me with knowledge that I was able to take right into my job. Um, you know, there, there really is no, no slack there. There's so much opportunity to, to apply what you've learned. Um, and it's been really great. I mean, every step of my educational career has just been, um, you know, a treasure trove of, of new things to consider and, and ways to enrich uh, my professional, uh, professional life. That's awesome. What made you actually want to get into this and study what you study and, and move into this industry? Um, so I actually, when I graduated high school, I worked for my dad. He was a home builder in San Diego, uh, and he, he still was a home builder, um, but at the time he had his own company. I went to work for him as a laborer, 
um, helped him out with a couple of, of other tasks while I worked for him. And I, um, while I worked for him, I really developed um, a passion for, you know, the job site and, um, and, you know, construction operations and um, demolition was actually something that I, I did not consider in those early years of my career. And it's something that I got into uh, more recently uh, within the past, um, within the past five years. And, uh, and as you know, it was one of those things that I, I was able to be introduced to it and sort of worked into it slowly. So I wasn't, you know, just thrown at it. I had a number of great, um, still have a number of great um, project managers and, and general managers and program managers that, um, you know, give me a lot of guidance and teach me a lot of new things all the time. Um, and so, ever since I've been in this industry, same thing with my academic career, it's just been constantly um, learning one thing after another, being able to apply new concepts, um, learning how to think about something a different way. Um, and there's so much involved in demolition that that does require that just looking at things from a new, um, a new perspective, um, you know, how can we do this better? How can we better be better stewards of the environment? Um, you know, how can we be, be uh, better stewards of these existing materials and, and, um, you know, our, our future resource usage. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's been a real treat and I'm, I'm very happy that this is a place that, uh, I, I have kind of, you know, stepped into at this, at this point. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and where do you, where do you kind of hope to be in five years or, you know, in the, in the near, near uh, future? In five years, I uh, I think that I would I would like to still be in project management. I'd like to be um, targeting um, a, a larger role in program management, <clears throat> um, you know, in, in whatever that looks like, and finding you know a right program to to be a part of. Um, but I have uh, I have a lot of interests as well that that are kind of tangential to the demolition industry i would love to be involved um you know maybe in, in research efforts for um you know more sustainable building practices that look at you know end of life cycle um processes and how we reuse some of the materials that you know we're gearing up to use in new buildings um and you know being a demolition has really for me put a spotlight on that um, and how we, you know, just better utilize our resources in the building process to prepare for what will be an eventual demolition process. Um, something like that, being a part of something like that, um, you know, even the development of new construction materials, um, you know, kind of seeing what the industry comes out with in order to, you know, make that positive impact on the future of our built, our built environment. Um, I would love to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, some way I would love to see that happen in the next five years. I definitely see myself, um, you know, stepping into um, leadership roles. Awesome. And what, what kind of advice would you give to a kind of younger person looking, into, looking to get into the industry and, and kind of get their feet wet with uh, sort of what you do? Uh, my advice to, and, and actually I give this advice to anybody who ever asks, um, but it's helped me so much. Embrace uh, what you don't know and the fact that you don't know it um, and rely on your resources. Um, don't ever think that you know um, 
all the details of every scenario that you're going to be up against to work very hard to understand the holes in your knowledge and to fill those gaps. Um, always be open and clear with your communication. Don't try to, you know, hide anything or, you know, backdoor anything. It's, it's just not good contracting practice. Um, it's certainly not good for demolition. In demolition, we are always dealing with unknowns, um, potentially unforeseen conditions, um, and, and identifying where those are possible and mitigating them early is uh, really the key to success here. Yeah, that's, that is great advice. Well, Joseph, I really want to thank you for taking some time today to chat with me on the podcast. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I, uh, I think about covered it. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you again so much. And, and I will definitely be in touch. Thank you. Have a good day. Now let's get into some government affairs updates, and we'll talk a little bit about what NDA's been doing and some of the current state of play regarding some of the more pressing issues like infrastructure. So very recently, the congressional Democrats led by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Speaker Nancy Pelosi have been really trying to wrangle the Democratic caucus in an effort to pass uh, both an infrastructure bill along with some other democratic priorities through a process called reconciliation. And I'll talk about that in a minute. First on the infrastructure bill, there's been longtime bipartisan support for really significant investments in our nation's infrastructure. Now that can take the form of uh, some different ways. On the one hand, Republicans are favoring more of a narrow approach to surface transportation and other things that directly relate to their definition of infrastructure, things like roads, bridges, air, rail, airports, uh, ports, uh, waterway, ports on waterways, things like that are what typically Republicans are supportive of for infrastructure investments. The Democrats, on the other hand, would like to see a more comprehensive approach. They'd like to take those things that Republicans are supporting, but include things that pertain to climate change, carbon emission reduction, clean energy investments, all of that for Democrats is considered to be infrastructure. And so over the past several months, there's been a lot of chatter about what kind of bipartisanship will exist to move a bill forward on infrastructure. And what they've sort of worked out, this is on the Democratic side, since they're in the majority of both houses of Congress, led by President Biden, also in the White House, is they're going to proceed on two parallel tracks. On the one hand, they are working with a small group of Republicans on a bipartisan uh, bill to pass comprehensive infrastructure legislation. And just recently, uh, they've allowed a uh, $3.5 trillion plan to materialize and possibly move forward. Uh, that's a big breakthrough. There's been a lot of back and forth for the last several months about what to include in an infrastructure bill. And there's buy-in from several Republicans and uh, congressional Democrats. What the Democrats are going to need are 10 Republicans in the Senate in order to overcome what is called uh, a cloture vote. So they'll need those 10 Republicans to end debate on an infrastructure bill and move forward with that to a majority vote on passage. So we're still in the early stages of infrastructure and um, we're going to be uh, continuing to advocate on that. So NDA has been taking uh, some steps over the last several months to be weighing in with Congress, particularly the key relevant committees who are involved in comprehensive infrastructure legislation. Now, 
NDA has been doing um, a couple things on that. First of all, we've been articulating what the demolition industry would like to see with regard to infrastructure investment. And of course, there, the investments into things like uh, our nation's uh, buildings, there's been talk about Biden and the congressional Democrats supporting investments in uh, building retrofits and building upgrades. And that would, uh, in some cases, include removing you know, existing structures and uh, building new, so that could be a benefit, but also looking at investments into things like the EPA Brownfields program, which is something that uh, NDA is supportive of and our members uh, do work in. So there's uh, support for that amongst the Democratic caucus, which is a positive sign. So there are several things that NDA has been weighing in on around those types of investments and even things like expedited permitting for federal projects. These are all things that we support. Now, on the other hand, we want to make sure that in the context of revenue generation for these types of programs, that NDA members are not going to be subject to tax increases and, and other things that are going to negatively impact our members. So we've been weighing in with both the House Ways and Means Committee and Senate Finance Committee, and we've done that several times, including most recently this week, to say, we understand that you're going to be looking at revenue generators for a lot of these programs that you'd like to make investments in. However, we really do not support raising taxes on NDA member companies. These are, in some cases, small businesses, but either way, demolition contractors are vital for both local and national economies. And we really do not believe that they should be bearing the cost for a lot of these uh, programs. So we've been weighing in um, before, uh, over the last several months, we've been doing that and we're gonna be continuing to do that as well. So the other piece that I wanted to mention with regard to infrastructure is the other track I mentioned, which is reconciliation. Now, this is a process that is available to the majority party in uh, Congress in order to overcome a filibuster. I was talking before about that 60 vote threshold that is needed for the majority of legislation going through the Senate. There are narrow circumstances under which a majority party can use the process of reconciliation to implement several priorities that they would like to see passed. And what this allows them to do is to overcome the need for that 60 vote threshold, and they can just pass a bill with a simple majority vote in the Senate. And this is very advantageous to a majority party that has a razor thin margin in the majority like the Senate Democrats do. They only really have a tiebreaker majority in the sense that the Senate is split 50-50, and the vice president serves as a tie-breaking vote when there are ties. So their majority is very, very thin, and reconciliation process will allow them to pass a variety of things that they would like to see. This process is going to be used to satisfy the progressive wing of the Democratic caucus for the most part. They would like to see really robust investments made to climate change, clean energy investments, carbon emission reductions, and other, other priorities like that. And so that is where uh, reconciliation is going to come into play. They're going to keep the infrastructure bill that I was talking about before pretty narrowly focused and targeted, and they're going to use the reconciliation process to uh, get through some of those other investments to be able to get the progressive wing of their caucus to support the bipartisan infrastructure package um, that we are hopeful we're going to see some legislative text as soon as the coming days. It could come out at any time. As soon as the text of that comes out, NDA is going to be reviewing that and uh, making sure to identify the particular provisions that are going to be beneficial to the industry. And we'll be sure to continue to be weighing in based on that legislative text to ensure that uh, the demolition industry has a front row seat 
uh, to the negotiations and that we're, our voice is continuing to be heard on Capitol Hill. So that's a little bit about an update on what's going on with infrastructure. We're going to be communicating with members uh, in the coming weeks here as we see some more text materialize and as the congressional committees start to release uh, some legislation out of their committees and onto the floors of these chambers. So we're gonna be continuing our efforts to represent the industry for infrastructure and other issues. And so that concludes our government affairs update. Wanna thank you for joining us on this episode of Demolition Now. See you next time. Thank you.